Sibling Reverie Thomas Oakridge 530A watched his brother die. He had felt his absence for years, but this was a final act to let him go. Please confirm deletion. This was the last step in removing him from the system. Only immediate family could complete this process. Their parents had been dead for years so this had become his responsibility. His brother had had a few wives and a few children, but no one that would actually go to the effort of deleting him. It wasn't an act of love that he felt, but more a responsibility to the family. Keep things clear. Delete the unwanted. First the visiting stopped, then he stopped sending gifts and finally all communication. His brother turned up at a few random family events. Things always felt awkward and frustrating, but they quickly got back to being brothers. Talking about when they were boys. They remembered shouting random nonsense at transport booths from their seats. Hotcakes. <laughs> they laughed until they cried and then laughed some more. Recording their voices saying the same nonsense and repeating until it was the most hysterical thing they had ever heard. Those memories made him feel there was something still there. A piece of the brother he used to know. Then it would fade. His brother, James, would disappear again. No sign or even a single word for years. James had never been an uncle to his son. That hurt the most. The small connection they had died with that neglect. He remembered growing up with uncles that taught them fishing and how to play chess. Not some walking failure that drifted through life accomplishing nothing. If only he could have just gotten it together. Listen to his brother's advice. Instead of repeating the same mistakes with different jobs and different partners, so many times. Over and over. It never became funny. Thomas built his success all by himself. He had become vice president at Inspire Entertainment Services, the fifth largest visor service company, completely on his own. In fact he should probably write an autobiographical data entry about his success. It would most likely rival most of his competitors' entries in both viewership and pure inspirational power. He was so confident in the trajectory of his life that he never finished business school. No one ever asked or even noticed. They just assumed his confidence and arrogance must have come from being overeducated. That reminded him of something. He had never heard back from his university about his honorary degree. Never finishing his actual degree was now irrelevant compared to the sheer accomplishment of his career. Every third enmity visor had accessed heroes of cubes and crevices. That was incredible market penetration. It was rated the 15th most successful distraction entertainment of all time. And who worked every other weekend of Q3 to file software compliance documents. He did. He could have made his assistant do it, but instead he took personal responsibility. This is the kind of dedication that gets you noticed. He had toyed with the idea of starting his own distraction entertainment production company. But the key to his success seemed to be looking good in the context of other people's incompetence. He soon gave the idea up. He collected the proof of deletion passcode and the dead archive backup chip, which cost him a fortune. His clinging to the smallest hope that his brother was still in there somewhere made him do it. There's a ghost. I am super serious. His son said to him later that night. I am sure it was nothing, Thomas told his son. Do you have any idea how many complicated systems and all the electrical stuff that is in our walls? Some of it must make noise from time to time. Really? Okay. His son conceded. Acting like his father avoided his complaint. He drug his feet while leaving his parents' bedroom and returning to his own. Good boy. Daddy's got an important meeting tomorrow. He needs his sleep. Thomas said after him. His wife shifted in bed next to him turning up the white noise device she used to keep the world away. The day chase is old enough, I think we should send him away. 
Enmity has an excellent program of preparatory learning that will help his educational career tremendously. I just wish I could have had that kind of advantage in my life. It also wouldn't hurt my career not to have these kinds of distractions when I need my sleep. He told his wife. She grunted some half-asleep sound, possibly of agreement. In the morning, Chase didn't come down for breakfast. He stayed in his room until the very last minute when he needed to leave for school. Good morning, Chase. You're going to miss your transport. No breakfast? They are just going to force you to eat that nutrition paste at school when you get there. You look tired. Did the ghost keep you awake? His father teased him as Chase stumbled toward the door looking exhausted. I'm fine. Gotta go. Chase answered and scrambled down the front walkway to the transport pickup. The meeting could have gone better. He couldn't help blaming Chase and his nighttime interruptions. This was the third week in a row something had made Chase leave his room in the middle of the night. He hoped Chase didn't need another doctor. They had already spent so much trying to get him to behave in a way that didn't embarrass them in public. He was just so fussy before the medication. Complaining about the smallest details and not satisfied until his demands were addressed. The have drugs they now had him on worked wonders. But these nighttime disturbances could not be tolerated. Thomas brought up one of Chase's doctor's interfaces on his visor. He followed the prompts and scheduled an appointment the day after tomorrow for Chase. His mother would have to take him. The Bricks with a Stick presentation was that day and it needed to be the next big entertainment success for his company. He brought us his wife's voice chat to confirm with her. Laney? I scheduled an appointment for Chase in two days. I don't like all this waking up in the middle of the night. The time and place is on our family schedule tab. Are you okay to take him? Oh. Good. He might need some kind of dosage adjustment. Chase is here now. The school sent him home right after you left for work. His wife, Elaine, told him. Really? Okay. Now he had wished the appointment could be sooner. This is not what I need right now he thought to himself. Those doctors are completely useless. They didn't find anything? Didn't they run more tests? He has had three appointments this month and still nothing that explains how he is acting. Thomas frustratedly yelled at his wife. That's what they told me, she said, refusing to match his level of outrage. Where is he now? Where is he now? In his room, where he always is. Thomas walked down the hallway toward Chase's bedroom. <laughs> he heard laughter as he approached. When he made it to the doorway he saw Chase sitting on the floor playing with something. The night makes left or right turns? Right? The night? Or left? Right? And left? His son was talking and laughing. What are you doing, Chase? Playing chess. With someone on your visor? Thomas asked. Yep. He looked over his son and saw a chessboard made from black marker pen and kitchen cleaning paper. The pieces were intricately folded, like origami, and half of them were colored black with a pen. Where did you get that? Thomas asked his son. We made it. I could have bought you a much nicer set. You should have asked. Actually my company makes a chess game where all the pieces have the heads of different celebrities. We spent months digitally scanning their likenesses, but they actually paid us to do it. It was incredibly profitable. That got me the bonus we used to visit that frozen lake with a hotel made from ice. Do you remember? Yep. This one's good. Okay. If you change your mind just let me know his father said. Who are you playing with again? Chase didn't answer right away. Someone on my visor. Someone from school, right? That's cool. 
I wonder if there is a market for that. Advise your opponents in physical games. Play real against your friends. Physically challenged. I love it. Could be a hit. Let me make a note of that. Thomas wandered away from his son's room bringing up his notes for his next meeting. Don't stay up too late, his father said as he walked away. Dad. Dad. His son called to his father. What is it, Chase? He was reviewing staff schedules and hours worked for the next wave of layoffs he needed to make it inspire. The company failed miserably with bricks with a stick. He would have to finish his proposal for physically challenged before next week. That idea will revolutionize this industry, he thought. Hotcakes. Chase laughed. Right, yes. Hotcakes, Thomas replied still looking at the reports on his visor. Wait, what? What did you say? Chase had already disappeared back down the hallway to his room laughing. Thomas felt a twinge. Like a distant voice calling to him from very far away. Chase yawned. No school again today. His father asked. You have been absent quite a bit. The school says he is not permitted to attend with his low sleep levels. They aren't allowed to use emergency stimulants to keep him awake at his age. He just needs to sleep. You have been turning off his remote visor connections at night, right? Thomas asked his wife. Of course. It was the first thing I did when you told me about that game on the floor with his visor friend. Chase rubbed his eyes. His father noticed a long wire dangling from his arm. He leaned forward and grabbed his son's wrist. What's this? He asked Chase. He pulled the loose end of the wire off of the floor then followed the other end up Chase's pajama sleeve. It was connected to a small silicone contact pad at each end, with one end taped to Chase's forearm, right where his chip was. It's for my game. That's my ultra-high power energy connection. That's why I win all the time. Where did you get it? His father asked. I found it in my room. Okay. We'll just use low ultra power and try to get some sleep. His father told him. Okay. Chase said. The next morning Chase looked much better and woke up with plenty of time to eat breakfast before school. Hey, kiddo, his dad said to him. You look great. Ready for school today? Yep. Jimmy told me I should go. Jimmy? Someone from school? A teacher? His father asked. You know him. Okay. Just glad to see you looking better and headed to school said Thomas. Today is a big day for your dad. I am presenting my proposal for physically challenged today. If this goes well it will mean big things for me. This whole thing is based on the game you showed me. Remember? The one you were playing with your friend over the visor. Thanks, kid. You might have a future in distraction entertainment design. If this is a hit, maybe I can hire you after you finish school for the concept and development department. Most of them were fired after the bricks with a stick disaster so there should be plenty of room for you. Cool. He shoved in the last bite of breakfast and grabbed his bag heading towards the door still. It was Jimmy's idea. Maybe you can hire him. His son said as the front door opened and Chase headed out. Really? Okay. It means a real world challenge. Handicapped? Where did they get that idea? Anyhow, it is not just the name. They hated the whole concept. Thomas was raging over dinner. His wife and son were sitting at the table with him trying to not make things worse. They just don't appreciate you. Jimmy has lots of other ideas, Dad. Maybe you could use one of those? Chase told his father. Jimmy? Who the hell is Jimmy? His father said to him. Please don't swear at our son. Come here. 
Chase said. In my room. Chase got down from the table and started walking down the hall still chewing his most recent bite of dinner. We have a whole drawer of games now. Maybe one of them will help you. You have got to be kidding me his father said as he got up from the table and followed Chase down the hall. Once in his room, he saw Chase opening a drawer in his desk. This one is a space battle game. This one is an ancient battlefield. A fishing game. There is a dinosaur fighting one too. Thomas recognized the handwriting and the drawing style on all the paper games that Chase was holding up. It slowly began to dawn on him what had been happening all these weeks. James? Thomas asked to the empty room. Chase walked over to his bed. Picking up the long wire he connected one end to his arm and the other end to nothing. There was a long pause. He says you need to take off your visor if you want to see him. Thomas pulled the metal crescent off the bridge of his nose and looked around the room. Sitting on Chase's bed was an older, ragged-looking man that he barely recognized. This is Uncle Jimmy. He is your big brother, not a real ghost. Enmity Stories This story was brought to you by the Enmity Corporation and produced using licensed AI voice technology. For more stories, please visit EnmityCorp.com or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform.